This is the Burning Pre-Sales Podcast, and I've got Don Carmichael answering today's question. Don is the founder and chief pre-sales evangelist of Winning Skills, co-founder and facilitator of the Global Pre-Sales Leaders Forum, and co-founder and co-host of the podcast, Two Pre-Sales in a Pod. So Don, I called you the sage of pre-sales on another, uh, on another episode. I'm going to continue doing that because I like the sound of it. And you sound like a sage. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. Not sure I quite deserve it, but there you go. Yeah. So um, we were talking earlier uh, about the biggest issues that pre-sales leaders face. Uh, when you strip everything else out, it really comes down to recruitment and retention of pre-sales talent. Absolutely. And that seems to be occupying a lot of what pre-sales and sales leadership um, have to struggle with. So do you mind adding some context on, on, on this problem, what it means and what you can do about it? Yeah. So, so the thing is, where, how has this come about? Because it didn't seem to be so bad um, kind of pre-COVID, but it, it's all of a sudden kind of tech companies gone, look, you know, commerce is back, you know, uh, everybody's feeling energetic, you know, business is booming. Let's go for it. What has changed, I think, over COVID is, and this is for the good, is the realization that uh, SEs, pre-sales people, is the value that we bring. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that that's that has changed, and and that's good for us, a greater recognition for us. Um, and what it's also meant is that as business people, you know, as businesses want to expand, you kind of got revenue goals, that kind of thing. That you know, if they're going to recruit salespeople, there's maybe some kind of ratio underneath that says, well, if we recruit this many salespeople, then we're going to need uh, this many SEs or pre-sales people to support it. And and by the way, uh, the uh, you guys consensus, you know, your um, SE compensation workload report is absolutely brilliant for that. All the graphs and things about you know the disparity mm-hmm. of ratios across different kinds of uh, tech companies, and um, so. It's also worth putting some numbers about how big the problem actually is. So I think uh, kind of June time, there was a pre-sales collective um, webinar and they mentioned some numbers that blew my mind. I knew there was a big problem, but they were saying, hey, the, do you know there's about kind of, is it something like 12, 13,000 open positions in the USA? And it was something like 11,000 in EMEA. And then there was a bigger number, 15,000 in APG. So that, that was at wow. the end of June, open SC positions. So I've only in the last couple of hours been chatting to John Kerr, huge fan of John Kerr. And he says he's seeing that it's no, the numbers are way bigger than that. He thinks it's probably about 40,000 just in the USA. Me. I mean, wow. this is massive problem. Yeah. This is, so, so what is that doing? What behaviors is that? Chain, which is the so now if you're an experienced tenured pre-sales person i'll bet you you're getting you're getting a knock on the door probably a few times a week you i mean just like that you can go and get yourself another offer multiple offers um you know it, it's just it's dog eat dog people are stealing talent from other people it's 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 horrific out there well it, it is if you're a, uh, an sc leader i mean as an individual contributor you, you might think this is actually kind of nice yeah yeah and in <laughs> your market from there would also be that if you ever wanted if you ever wanted to get into pre-sales and and i would say it is totally the best career in the world i you know it's rewarded me with 30 years of you know i've really enjoyed everything and and hope to carry on doing that and if you want to get the pre-sales now is the time the demand is so huge that you don't have to be a perfect profile anymore and you don't have to even know anything about the technology if you know something about an industry 
if you, you specialize in that an industry, a domain, the value that goes in there, and, and you're a good people and communicator person, you know, the tech companies, it's easy for them to teach their technology. You know, that's the one thing they always got to be good at is, is teaching people how to use their, their tech. So now, yeah. now is the time to, you know, to come into that. But well, you know, to add some, to add some color to that, I, you, you mentioned our SE uh, working comp report, one of the fascinating findings, we don't have to go into this in too much depth, but um, brand new SEs are actually commanding a higher salary value than, than people with several years experience. And I, I don't know exactly what's driving that, but it is indicative of, of, of the market. The fact that yeah. th- there's just so much of a need um, it, that employees and practitioners can, can afford to maybe be a little bit picky <laughs> about yeah, the positions yeah. that they take up and even new ones where a sales leader can maybe mold their thinking and their processes. That seems to be uh valued even higher now, but it's, it's really fascinating. And I had no idea it was 40,000. That was just in the U S that, that's, that's what John, that's how I understood it from John. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I talked to lots of SE leaders and they're, um, you, you know, they're having, they know they're having to pay a way higher premium. In fact, you, you know, people applying for roles, they're asking for way more than their existing team have got. I mean, right. the, I mean, the consensus analysis you had there was, yeah, in the first year, it's way, you know, it's way higher than people who are kind of like two, three, four, you know, or, or more years tenured. Um, and I have to say, standing back from that, that causes a huge problem because if the rest of your team know, you know, that, that you've had to pay this, you know, to to get people in who they will deem as, you know, that person's not ready to go yet. You know, they still need cooking. They, you know, could need another nine months before they're as productive as, you know, the right. rest of the team. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, why aren't you paying me that? So it's, that's causing all kinds of problems, you know, for <laughs> just your existing team, you know, because that's some big morale issue if you've found out that someone who you, you will look at, because you remember, um, you know, motivation theory is a lot about you look at your peers, you will, you know, I don't look at someone who's a millionaire. I'll, I will look at someone who's a peer with me, and I will judge myself against them. You know, so right. this is, you know, this is a, a motivational kind of landmine bomb, and is not going to help you with your retention problem. Um, you know, retention as well. So, so that is going on. That's what leaders are having to do to get talent in, because under, you know, they're under huge pressure because, you know, if there's this ratio that's understood by the business, if the business wants to expand, you know, into new markets. It's, it's got big revenue goals. It's, it's always obvious that you're going to need more salespeople or going to, or you have to make them more efficient or you need different go to markets or different channels or whatever. It's always understood that everyone understands how, how that's done in sales. And, um, but there's this thing that sits behind it, which is kind of dragged along with it is, well, we can't do that unless we have, you know, X number more experienced SEs. And the huge problem with that is, you know, you can't just turn a button, you know, turn a switch, and then suddenly we're productive. We take a lot of training, right? You know, a lot of training and a lot of mentoring to, you know, to to look trusted, you know, to be credible in what we do. So, you know, you have to have started like nine months before you know the demand is there to get the people in. So, you know, so going back to you know an original question, this is causing all kinds of issues. Then, which is that if this is if there's an enormous time lag. If there's just not enough talent out there, um, so not only can you not find any talent that probably within the salary brackets that you've been given, but people are trying to steal, you know, your top talent as well. It's, you know, it's coming in. I can't get anyone in and I'm losing people at the other end as well. It's it's a huge, massive issue. Um, and 
maybe it's been kind of somewhat self-inflicted by us by not, you know, by not investing, you know, as tech teams into, you know, developing internal talent ourselves, you know, not having developed, um, you know, pools of talent by not creating our own internal academies, by not having gone out and taken, you know, um, you know, recent graduates, let's say, and have put the effort into kind of mentor them, you know, of not having enough enablement people to do that in the first place, of not having enough ability to onboard people. You know, you've got a point, you know, if this has happened, we've let this happen, you know, so there's a big recognition here that um, we can't let the, you know, this is happening now, you're going to have to solve it now, you're going to probably have to um, onboard people who are not where you would traditionally get them from, you're probably going to have to get them from a, you know, from an industry, from the domain. Uh, and as long as they've got good people skills and the passionate, the good, good communication skills, you teach them the tech. What you're not going to be able to do and probably not afford is people who kind of know the tech and have a balanced skill. Right. You know, third one thirds kind of skill set with these other skills as well. So th- th- there are loads of tentacles that come off off this, which is. A lot of people, sales leaders, you know, pre-sales leaders are going to have to realize that uh, we need to take a very different direction in, in how we build talent now and also where we get it from. Um, and we need to reward it more. You know, we need to create new uh, career paths, which we've said on a, you know, on, a, on a different session. You know, there's a lot to do here. This isn't just a, a problem right now. It's, there's a time lag behind it. It's not going to go away real soon because we can't just generate people right. skilled anymore. But I've, you know, it's interesting because I've heard you talk now several times about, you know, if somebody were to do an uh, some kind of an assessment or analysis of their existing team and the time they spent supporting their their pre sales talent, you know, how much time do they actually spend coaching them and monitoring them, sitting in with them, um, training them? Um, it's probably uh, way below what would be considered, you know, standard or required. And not just not just to get people up to speed where they need to be, but also to ensure that they're, you know, fulfilled in their their role and in, in finding success in what they're doing, which it will only help encourage them to stay longer rather than you know to burn out and go some someplace else. And you also just mentioned several things that that should be happening but maybe aren't happening. Do, do you have any recommendations like the low hanging fruit? A pre-sales leader, if they're hearing this right now, they need to maybe take action on immediately to start to change the culture. Absolutely. I've heard some great tips from people about, um, because I I love something that's, you know, built around empathy of trying to understand another person's position. And I've heard some great recommendations like uh, doing a, um, I'm going to do a retention interview with you. So I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, pick someone I think could be a risk of going and we're, we're going to do an interview and we're going to come at from the perspective i want you to stay what can i do what can i help you to do and it, it isn't just about money it's you know what can i what can i do is there things that you want to do in life that we could the company can support you with you know how, how can we how can we wrap ourselves around you and, and the other great expression i heard was that you know how can we forgive the company's sins you know, there are some things that we've done. I know that you won't have liked, you know, I mean, if they've heard about this recruitment thing that went on where they've had to pay people, incoming people with less than a year, um, a year's tenure, who, who don't know the product yet, we've had to pay that more than perhaps you've got. We need to, we need to solve that. But there's a bigger problem around that. We need to kind of prove that, you know, we, we love you, as it were. <laughs> That's right. slightly emotional. But I, I love the idea that it's a retention interview. You know, I, yeah, it's, the purpose that's, of this, cool. I want to sit down. I, we want to keep you. 
and um, we want to you know wrap our culture around you and make sure that you feel valued uh, and you can be the best that you can be but here not yeah. anywhere else here i love that thank you don 